0: My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 145. This week's topic is all about creating results and real, actual results. We share with you two key components, and I'm going to give you a little secret. It's not making big, huge changes. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I brought on Rad Palavin. Rad, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so stoked to have you on. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do?
1: I live in, uh, in Toronto, Canada, even though I, am, I think of myself as a global person because I travel quite a bit. So I'm, I'm here about half the time, but I do travel a lot. What I do is I'm a fitness and mindset coach. So I am very passionate about helping people be the best version of themselves. And of course, that starts with the physical body and with fitness. And you can't have fitness without mindset.
0: And that's obviously I, I brought you on because I'm all about mindset. And I just think fitness is such an easy way to to tie in metaphors or to teach people, you know, obviously to do things in the gym, but it goes far outside of that. But I have a question for you. Why do you believe mindset starts in the body?
1: For a few reasons. Uh, the most obvious one is that the state that our body is in dictates our energy to perform and execute anything else. We can't pull off a long work day if our energy levels aren't there. If our nutrition doesn't supply us with the fuel for us to run around, we won't get much done. Another reason is that if we need to get ourselves into action to do something, it is a lot easier to get the body moving sometimes than the mind. When it comes to mental blocks, there can be a lot of fears associated with failure whereas exercise just go work out I mean at the end of the day you can be tired and you may not feel like working on that business but at the end of the day you may be tired or stressed and you can still go for a run you can still do a workout
0: yeah but I think it also relates back to you have to I guess for me, especially, and I know you can relate, running a marathon, there are days when you don't want to. But isn't it the thought that literally just tying on your shoes and taking that first step that gets you out the door?
1: Absolutely. So once you get going, it is a lot easier. So uh, one of the, the strategies that I apply uh, with people is how do you make it easier for you to get to your workout? So for example, if the gym is halfway across town, that's not really there, but if the running shoes are right there, if your workout gear is right there, it takes very little effort to put on your running shoes or to put on your gym clothes and start. So um, you know, that, that's called activation energy. How much energy does it take to get going? And if it takes a lot of energy to get going, there may be more obstacles. If it takes very little energy to get going, then once you're in motion, momentum picks up.
0: Yeah. Well, and since you literally just ran a marathon a couple of days ago, can you kind of walk us through that? What is that like? What is the mindset? And I'm really asking because I'm like 10 days out from mine. But what is the mindset like? The, I know what preparation is, but what about day of? Running 26 miles is a lot.
1: It is, and um, so I, I've run a few marathons, and this one that I ran was by far the slowest. I've never run this slow in my life. Um, so two weeks prior to the marathon, I hiked for thirty-seven hours through the Grand Canyon, about one hundred twenty-five kilometers, thirty thousand feet elevation change. Uh, that was a mindset struggle on its own, and my body was not yet recovered from that. So for this marathon, this last weekend, physically, I was nowhere near ready. I shouldn't have been running that. Um, but I'm suffering like that. And I like to say, okay, well, if the body can't go, let's see how far the mind will go. Yeah, And that is what happened in the first half. Uh, I pushed myself, it was challenging. I did great, I kept up the same pace as my record run. The second half of the marathon, my body hit several walls, one after the other. I was, uh, the muscles were cramping, they were seizing up, I was limping, I was running on one leg for a few kilometers. And the second half of the marathon took twice as long as the first half. And for those three hours, I think that I felt more physical pain than any other run or feat I've ever done. And this is in part from me not being in a physical condition and recovered enough to do it. However, while I was running, I was thinking, what's my state right now? And what am I focusing on? Because if I go on for three hours thinking, this is painful, my muscles are hurting, I'm out of breath, then I would feel that even more. And, you know, we think something that sends a message from the brain to the body and we feel it. And then the brain checks in with the body. How's the body feeling? Oh, it's feeling miserable. So it's thinking more miserable thoughts. And then we have a cycle like that. We get stuck in that. And I made the choice to to say, Put a smile on my face. I'm feeling like I just started running my marathon. It was a sunny day. I had a smile on my face the entire time. And some people may have thought I was crazy because I was I was limping and they were checking like, are you okay? Do you need like to stop doing this? And I'm smiling. I'm like, I'm doing great. And whether I was hopping or walking at some points, um, keeping myself in that state made that experience so much better, and that was the best run I have ever had in my life. And I felt the best running it
0: despite all the pain because you were so focused on your mindset and the positive thought. Were you doing I, were you doing affirmations, incantations like what? How I, I, are you I, getting I, through this?
1: So, with, with when I hit the first wall, I started doing incantations and I was running, and I started with. I am a champion, and I am a machine, I am fast. At one point, I even slipped up and said, I am recovering. (laughs) Uh. Uh, I wanted to recover while I was running. And I did that for a couple of kilometers. And that gave me such a boost and such an energy. In hindsight, it allowed me to push myself harder than I should have, which only led to me burning out what was left of my legs. Um, That was a part of it. So I was focusing on how am i feeling and even even from a a mechanical standpoint if the body goes into an anxiety mode or a fear mode it's like oh this is miserable i'm tired this is hurting the muscles get tense we're not getting as much oxygen the brain's not going to function well the energy in the body drops down and this applies to things outside of working out if somebody wants to work on their business or do anything in life, if they're focusing and they're, they're anxious, they're stressed, they're tired, and their body just drops down into this lack of confidence, their energy level is much lower and it will affect their ability to do anything else. Whereas you put yourself in this kind of a state, you put a smile on your face, that's, you know, fake it till you make it, put a smile on your face and your brain after all will say, well, it looks like Rad is happy. And where he's, you know, he's excited, he's got energy. Let's go. And it becomes easier to take action on whether it's the workout or whether it's something else.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because on some of my runs, when I've just, you know, especially the long ones during training 16, 18, 20, when I was just felt like struggle, bussing. I literally talk about faking it, smiling. There's nobody around. I'm running like an open um Trails or whatever and I literally put two thumbs up and i'm just like smiling two thumbs, pretending like you know There's people and i'm waving and hey, it got me through But what I really want to focus on today is whether it's running a marathon or like you said these other things in life How do you stay consistent to reach that end goal? Because especially you running that marathon a lot of people would have given up throat when things get hard people throw in the top they quit
1: Yeah uh There are Mm, I will say that there there are three things that come into play. Uh, The marathon, by the way, went right past my house within half a mile. That's how easy it was for me to say, like, screw it. That's it. I'm going home. I'm right here.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, What is it that kept me going? Um, One, it's breaking down the big goal into small steps. Saying I'm just focusing on one step at a time. Never mind the pain and projecting what another two or three hours of this would feel like. Just one step at a time, focusing on the next step. So being present, so that that, that, that prevents us from having something be so overwhelming that we get paralyzed with fear and then throw in the towel. So that's the first one: is uh, just focus on the next step one step at a time the second one is what is the reason why you're doing this why are you doing this for me my commitment to finish the marathon was way more important than how i would finish it if i was going to crawl across the finish line i would have done it Um, and i find that many people are not clear on what their why is if in a casual conversation you go past the weather, and you ask, you know, what's your purpose in life? Most people will will not have an answer for that because that's that's a difficult question. If it hasn't been explored yet, it it, it requires some reflection, digging deep, and finding out, you know, what do I really want to do? Facing our fears and a way to find what the real reason is, the real motivation. It's uh, something that's called the five whys. So if, for example, and I have this with clients all the time and I, I do this exercise, I ask them what is their goal and why is that important to them? So their goal may be, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, why? Because I want to look good for the wedding or at the beach. If that is their goal, only reason why they're doing that, when obstacles show up, that's not compelling enough. When obstacles show up, when it gets difficult, they will say, well, either I can wear, I can wear a t-shirt at the beach, or maybe I'll wear this slim fit belt, or I'll do a crash course diet, or 30 day fast, or start myself and have a quick fix, which is not sustainable. We go past the first twice why is that important? Because I want to lose 20 pounds. Why? Because if I lose 20 pounds, I'm going to look good. Why is that important? Because if I look good, I can feel more confident. What does that do for you in your life? If I'm more confident, I can take on the things I've wanted to do in my life and maybe start a business. And why is that important? Because then I can feel that I can help other people and share my life's passion. Why is that important? Because my purpose here on earth is to share the value that I have and, and make a difference for others. And now that is a much more compelling reason. Because yeah. what if you don't meet that Why? Well, then what's the point of living? So that is a much more compelling reason to have a purpose in life and to be your best or something, whatever resonates with the person, than... I want to lose 20 pounds to have a six pack or to fit in this dress or clothes.
0: You explained that so well, because I definitely, I preach upon that. You have to have a strong enough why. And so, um, for example, maybe you're aware of it, but like I call it to map it out, but it's a massive action plan. So if you know your what, whether it's to start a business, lose weight, get in a relationship, make more money, and then you come up with all the whys, why do you want these things? Those whys will be the driver as well as action to get you the what.
1: Yeah. And especially when, when obstacles show up and, and life does that. And I, I prepare all my clients to say, look, here's the plan. If you fall off plan, that doesn't mean that it's over because life's not like this. There are ups and downs. Yeah. So we're going to prepare for the downs as much as for the ups it's the strong reason why that when you maybe lose momentum or lose focus, you know, why, why should I get back in the ring? Well, fitting in that wedding dress is not that important, whatever, versus my life's purpose.
0: Sure.
1: It's something that we can look back at. And if it's something that we're looking at every single day, it becomes a reality for our brain. And, that's something that's actually very important and how much we believe that that's going to happen and how much we believe we are the person that can reach our goal. Well,
0: and on that note, um, what I wanted to touch on is, I had it written down, but, um oh, I totally just had a brain fog, but no, when you're, Oh, that's what I was going to ask. When you fall off the wagon, when that happens, because it's going to happen, right? Like when you have this end goal, whether it's obstacles, self-discipline, time, whatever excuse you come up with, when you fall off the wagon, how do you get back on? Rather than throwing in the towel, how do you get back on?
1: So great question. When I have a client or even myself that fall off the wagon, And as it happens, because that's life. Um, My first response to that is fantastic. And they're shocked. It's like, that's great. What did you learn from that? And I let the other person tell me what they've learned. Well, I've learned that if I don't prioritize my sleep, my energy crashes. I've learned that if I don't plan my nutrition in advance, I'm left eating whatever's around, which is sometimes junk. And then I feel like crap and I beat myself up over it. And then I want to quit and I want to hide. And and there's a whole spiral. They learn from that. And I let them tell me what they've learned rather than me telling them, because then they can own that answer versus resisting it because somebody else is preaching. So, The first step is looking at what did you learn? There is no failure. Failure is only when you quit and when you walk away. Um, Everything else is the lesson. So you look at what did I learn from that and how can I use that so that the next time that this happens, it's like, oh, awesome. Now I know the answer to to the test. Test me again. Quiz me again because I'm ready for this. I know what to do now and I'm going to do so much better. And there's almost excitement to that. Um, So that's one thing. The other one is just making small steps of progress. Very often, and this comes from the, I've got 30 days until I have a beach party, or 30 days until my wedding, or two months until this, or uh, whatever it is. And it has to be a quick fix goal. So that means going all out, using a lot of energy, which sometimes isn't sustainable. What's more important is that while on one side, yes, we need more energy to get the ball rolling, to start moving if we haven't moved or if it's not part of our habit. What's most important is the consistency of small steps every single day. So that can be five minutes of exercise every morning five minutes is nothing that that's half the snooze time uh so in those five minutes if you do that every single morning whether it's you know the squats which i'll touch on in a bit uh a plank, uh, just jumping up and down jumping jacks whatever five minutes a day over a week is 35 minutes the average person when they go to the gym and they work out they do a set they rest they do a set. They rest. They're lucky if they get thirty-five minutes of active time in a workout. We get to do that through five minutes every single morning. That's a full workout in like nothing—a free workout, just like that per week. The other thing is, you know, sometimes people say I. I, I did a talk uh, last week, and I asked who here does not squat, and there were some people who said I never squat. And I asked them to stand up and then to sit down, stand up and then sit down. And the people around caught, they're like, you're squatting right now. That's all it is. Standing up and sitting down is a squat. Yes, there's form and learning how to keep the knees above the feet and keeping the back straight. If we break it down to this is easy, this is just standing up and sitting down, then the brain perceives it as easy and will do it. If we tell ourselves that this is hard, then the brain that, it doesn't want to do it. It wants to protect you from anything that's painful, that anything that could hurt you. So then it won't do it. So you can say, well, start by standing up and sitting down 10 times in a row in the morning. That's 10 squats. And from week to week, if you only do two workouts a week, and every week or every workout, you increase by only one repetition, Some people say, well, okay, I should increase to 15. I should increase to 20. Why are you doubling up? Just go from 10 to 11. Oh, but I can do more than an extra one. Nope, just one. That's it. If you increase by one rep twice a week, in a year, that is 100 extra repetitions. All you've done was one extra repetition each time than the previous one, which is like nothing. It's like, it's an extra one. Like, I can do that. The question is, after one year of consistently doing this, you're at 110 squats, you're at 110 push ups, or 110 crunches. What kind of fitness would a person have to be able to do 100 plus squats, or push ups, or crunches, or any exercise in a row? And that is the result of just consistently over time. Consistency plus time equals results.
0: Well, and I think that's such a powerful example because most people do think, all right, I have to go from 10 to 15, 20. I have to make these big leaps in order to get my results. And your whole point is, no, you don't. It's that small and steady, just one more at a time. And then, yeah, 110 squats in one setting when you used to be only to do 10. Yeah, so powerful.
1: And and, and that, that mental game that's that's the biggest difference. Working out or going for a run or exercising is no different than buying groceries. You've got your list and you check them off. Okay, how many cucumbers? Two. How many tomatoes? Five. Now, how many squats? 11. How many? You just check them off as you're going off the list. The only difference is your brain saying, oh, this is hard. Why are you doing this? Is anybody buying groceries and having their brain say, this is hard, why are we doing this? I need to eat to be healthy, period. I am exercising to be healthy, period. So how do we relate to exercise? And this is something that I've learned, which is a strategy story state, which most people will go straight to the strategy. It's okay, time to change things around, time to get a new workout program. I just bought this best workout program online a new nutrition program. Oprah's doing this. Uh, Here's the business map to success. I saw a webinar video and I've got the blueprint to start my own business. Okay. That's the strategy. Great that you have that. However, what's your story? Because the story of the individual dictates what they do with that strategy. If somebody's story is Oh, I don't have energy. I'm busy. I don't have time to work out. Working out is tough. I don't like it. I can give you the best tool, the best strategy on earth. That story will not execute. So what's the story that we tell ourselves about this? Do we tell ourselves, I love exercising because it energizes me. I wake up in the morning and I look forward to fueling my body with the healthiest." nutrients and I enjoy having the colorful veggies on my plate and seeing all that diversity and fueling my body with the best things that this plant has to offer or is it oh how much longer do I have to hold myself back and deprive myself from the pleasures of sugar and whatnot so then that that and that story so if we were writing a book and that's a story Who's the character in that story and that's each person is that character and what state are they in are they complaining and walking around you know this is tough you need to make sacrifices to be able to get your results so i'm going to go on a diet and i'll deprive myself of this i'm gonna give up having a life so i can go to the gym or is it i prioritize my health and i'm giving this time to myself? and I deserve two hours every single day or half an hour every day to work out and to eat this and I feel good. So that is, mm, that is much more important than just a strategy. Sure. And that, that shows up all the time where you have a program where, mm, and I have that with, with, with my uh, training programs where the strategy is pretty much the same. And as a strategy, I give it to more people. Why is it that some people do something different than others with that same strategy? It's a story that they have. It's their state.
0: Yeah. And for those who maybe don't know Tony Robbins or have been to those events, what does that mean? Your state.
1: So your state. What? It, so what determines somebody's state is um, you know, just kind of like your, your emotional home. Like what? You know, how 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 are you feeling right now? So if you were to ask somebody and Tony says that there are three things that determine state. One is your physiology, one is your focus, and one is your language. Your physiology is not only how are you standing, also how are you moving? How is your body? Are you drinking water? Are you rested? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting all the nutrients that your body needs? If you're not, then your physiology will suffer, your physical body, and that energy will drop. Then is your focus. What are you focusing on? What are, are you focusing on what's right or are you focusing on what's wrong? Are you focusing on what you can achieve or what you can't? Are you focusing on the solution and you reaching your goals? Or are you focusing on the obstacles of I don't have time and uh, you know it's difficult? And then the language. What do we say to ourselves? I'm feeling exhausted versus I'm recharging or I'm feeling good versus I'm feeling amazing. What are the words that we're using to describe our reality and our experience? And, you know, going back to my, to my marathon run, that state was what, was the number one priority for me is as much as my body wanted to drop down because everything was cramping up and there was pain. I put myself in this kind of physiology where I felt like I just started running right now. I was fresh out of the gates, full on energy. I was focusing on getting to the finish line. I was focusing on taking every single step as it was my first one. And the language was, and that's where the incantations came in what was I saying to myself? Was I saying, why the hell am I doing this? This is such a mistake. Or I am a champion. I am beast mode. I am a runner. I'm an athlete. I am unstoppable. So those were the words that I was using.
0: Yeah. Well, and just, and I know what you're talking about, but I want to recap for listeners. This is so important. And so a lot of people, especially their languages, I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm well, that's all really shitty language. So your state is, n- you're never going to get your end goal or your strategy because you don't have a good foundation. You have nowhere to begin from. So once you can get into this positive, uplifting state full of affirmations and in, in your posture and what you're focused on that end result and you don't worry about the excuses, then you start creating that, that new story of I can do this and or I am beast mode or whatever. Then you can come up with that strategy to hit your end goal. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And on on that, so when you're talking about affirmations and the language, um, you know, if somebody's having a bad day um, and they're feeling and their word, let's say, is miserable, I am miserable. You can't go, or it's it's a stretch to go from I'm miserable to I'm having the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah however you can go from i'm miserable to uh you know i've had better days or i'm miserable to mm, not the best but it's getting better you can gradually go from it's horrible to this is inconvenient i i had you know a while ago somebody bumped into my car and in the past, I would have freaked out. I've been enraged and furious and like mad. And I'm like, no, this is inconvenient. Yeah. I'm, I'm running late now. Okay, it's inconvenient. Inconvenient is a different emotional intensity than furious. And also on the body, it takes a different tone. Furious will release adrenaline and will exhaust the body. And then we're feeling tired and drained and have no energy to do anything else. So language is very important from that standpoint. Uh, Physiology affects how we use language. Because if my energy is down like this and I say, uh, I'm feeling great. Do you believe me? No. So if, if I can't convince you that I'm feeling great, my brain's pretty smart too. My brain's not going to buy that. Yeah. So if I'm saying, okay, time to get going, time to start working out, time to start doing this, the brain doesn't buy it. I to say BS, like I'm not even wasting my time with that. Versus if we stand up and say, awesome, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling great. It's like, okay, I'm I'm seeing a bit of certainty in there. I'm seeing a bit more confidence. I, I take your word for it. So, how we show up physically affects how we can even influence our mind. So, when we're talking to our subconscious, are we coming from a state of uncertainty where we can't influence anybody else, let alone our own brains? Or are we coming from a state of full confidence? where we can influence our brains now say here's what we're doing here's the decisions we're making here's the program that we're starting here's how we're taking care of our body and our mind and anything else Mm -hmm. and then that's why exercise and fitness is so important because that creates that physiology that creates that body it's one thing to to just say okay i'm going to stand up and I'm going to be in an empowered state. And then I'm going to hold my body up this way. The question is, do we have the muscles to hold us there? And do we have the energy and the nutrition that can keep us in this high energy where we get things done? And that's why, again, things come back to exercise. Why it's so important to have fitness and an active lifestyle is part of your life that makes such a big difference in, in our mindset as well.
0: Yes. Yes. I totally agree. I feel like we could talk for hours, but um, for the sake of time, I have a couple rapid fire questions. I'd love to ask you to wrap up this interview. Sure. The first one is what is a quote or motto that you live by?
1: Hmm. I've got a couple. Um, one is be your best. That's something that it's it's always in my mind. Uh, you know, one of my questions that I ask is, "What's the best version of myself?" or "How, how can I uh, enjoy even more being my best and then helping others do the same?" So, be your best. That's love,
0: love it. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend?
1: Uh, currently, I'm reading The Habit of Now, or mm-hmm. The Now Habit. A book that I really recommend, which I read uh, just two months ago, which is very powerful, was The Happiness Advantage. That was a game changer. It has incredible tools in there. What, what's has What's just a quick
0: summer? summary? If you only could, have, in one sentence, what's that about?
1: So, uh, if we are in a positive state, we get so much more done. Never mind the actual quality of our experience of life. But you have a competitive advantage in business and your health and everything else by being happy.
0: Yeah. Or really, that's just your state of mind, right?
1: Your, your, your state of mind, your, your, your enjoyment, your, your attitude.
0: Yes, for sure. A final question. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: Um, fail faster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was... Uh, yeah, don't, don't hesitate as much. Jump in and learn from your mistakes even faster. Because the mistakes that I've made... I, I would have made them at one point anyway. And me uh, stalling it only delayed when I got to learn that lesson. Yeah. Sure, we can also learn by watching. I'm going jump in and then learn from that kind of person. So fail faster. That, that's, that's how we learn. It's when things don't work out that we learn how to make them work out next time.
0: Yeah, I love that. So stop delaying, start today.
1: Yeah, exactly. Take action.
0: Rad, thank you so much for joining me and and sharing your knowledge.
1: Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as Heather.Hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.